0: Broadway for Thursday, May 16th, 2019. <laughs> I'm Broadway World's Matt Team. And that's thinking on my toes, James. <laughs> didn't didn't change the day in the
1: script, but realized it in my head. I uh, you know, I, I can't do that math that that quickly. <laughs> and I am Broadway stars, James Marino. <laughs> uh
0: all, all I'm gonna say here, James, is um if you have some extra money and you want something to do with it, go over to yellowfund.org and uh put it to good use because there's a lot of bad people out there. So, uh yellowfund.org, I'll throw the link in the show notes, but it's not a hard URL to remember. So, yellowfund.org.
1: All right. So, uh what does yellowfund.org do? Um it is an
0: organization that will help the people that are affected by the uh the new laws that have been enacted in Georgia and Alabama.
1: Ah, I see. That is an Excellent way to uh, acknowledge what has happened in the last twenty-four hours. I mean, we talk about we talk about Broadway, and and in the scheme of things, it, it's a one on the importance level. Even the Tony Awards is a one on the importance level of uh, of life, you know. So uh, Yellowfund dot org. Excellent. I'm glad to uh, glad that you brought it up. All right. First up in the news. Lincoln Center's My Fair Lady announces a summer closing date. Yeah, James, uh, not so lover, loverly night over there at uh, at Lincoln
0: Center, um, as in a sur- somewhat surprising move. Uh, Lincoln Center Theater announced that their critically acclaimed and Tony nominated revival of Lerner and Lowe's My Fair Lady will end its Broadway run on July 7th, the day that current leading Lady Laura Benanti in the. Day after the original leading man Harry Hayden Patton were already announced to be departing the show. At the time of the musical's closure, James, it will have played 548 total performances on Broadway following its March 15th, 2018 first preview. The show will begin a national tour uh, in Syracuse in December of this year. Uh, James, we talked about the, the potential of this show being one that was on the chopping block just on Tuesday's episode, I think, um, when we uh, talked about the grosses and I said that this one could be coming. I did not expect it to be coming this quickly. Um, but normally, when a show closes, we all, we also do a bit of prognosticating and even a smidge of gossip mongering in trying to see what Miss Cleo's Crystal Ball projects as the next show to take over that venue. But in this case, since the venue is Lincoln Center's Vivian Beaumont Theater, it's a little harder to tell than normal. First, because LCT doesn't always really schedule shows as closely tight or as closely packed as many other houses. And especially many other subscription houses. You know, going back to 2013, after Anne ran on Broadway, the Beaumont stayed empty for five months before the Scottish play began performances. Then in 2014, after Act One closed in mid-June, it wasn't until March of 2015 that the King and I began performances. And then after that Bartlett Shear musical revival closed, it was eight and a half months before Oslo started previews. So not something And when you think of a a subscriber-affiliated house, it's obviously set up much differently than Roundabout is. But you think that they'd want to get a show in as quickly as possible. That's not how Lincoln Center always operates. So it'll be interesting to see what they do here. Um, The other thing is, James, I've heard rumors that the next Lincoln Center show will be a play, which is often how they do things. They often have a number of plays in between musicals. Um, But I don't really have any idea as to what or when it might be. I can make guesses. But at this point, they're really just guesses because Lincoln Center is a, a tough nut to crack in term of the predictions game.
1: Well, maybe the folks over at Lincoln Center are looking uh, to their brethren just down the block and saying, uh, you know, they'll set their own in-residence uh, thing that seems to be bringing in lots of money.
0: Yeah, yeah I
1: mean, sure. <laughs> let's bring in like, uh, I don't know, Kenny G, uh,
0: you know, for for a week, you know? Although, I've made my feelings known about Kenny G. I, Kenny G should do a stand-up special.
1: Oh, yeah. So, um, I, you know, July 7th, that sort of leaves it open for some sort of late fall type of entry. Uh, especially if it's a play. It could even be early fall if it's a play. Yeah, totally.
0: And so. and there, it's not the only thing closing on that day either. That's coincidentally also the day that Kiss Me Kate closes from Roundabout, another not-for-profit theater, another Golden Age musical revival, both closing on that day. Burn This, another revival uh, closing on that date. King Lear, another revival closing on that date. The Ferryman is currently only selling tickets through that date. So early July after the 4th, we're going to see a lot of those shows exiting. And as I've said before, James, this is where you start to think that We could be getting more announcements during the summer than we might normally get and not necessarily for shows way in the future. It could very well we could be seeing things um, coming for September announcements here fairly soon in some of those those shows if they don't extend. So um, it's a it's a weird calendar this year, uh, but I'm all for it. I'm jonesing for some news. And if we don't start getting some more show news here for the 2019-2020 season, James, I'm going to need to start mainlining something. I, I don't know what. Um, I don't do the stock market, but there's something I need to start mainlining if we don't get show <laughs> announcements soon.
1: Well, um, I don't know how we missed this, but obviously July 7th is a closing date because Bad Out of Hell is going to play New York this summer. Are they coming into Lincoln Center?
0: Holy hell, James. What? <laughs> I, don't, I don't believe it. I, I honestly don't. In fact, we both said on this show that we did not think this would happen. And while in fairness... Um, We still don't actually know if they will um, because we've been down this road with this this show and this producer more than once. Um, But yesterday tickets went on sale for Jim Steinman's Bat Out of Hell, the musical in New York, and a cast was announced. Now they've done that before they started selling tickets for their tour, cast was announced and then the tour was canceled basically. Um we've talked about this before but let's let's run through the timeline of this basically. The show played London to a fairly successfulish run there, then went to went to Toronto and did fairly well again. But then they came back to Toronto and tried to launch a tour from there. But it was a disaster. Did not get very many people to come on the return trip uh, after it had played. I think it was at the Mervish before. Uh, And then all of the subsequent tour stops were canceled, not all at once, but kind of in groups. That led us, James. That's when we said, I don't think this is ever coming to City Center. But apparently it is because tickets are on sale and tickets have been purchased. Not by me, but I've seen – Some tickets are gone um, for the run at the New York City Center, uh, which is planning to go from August 1st through September 8th. The cast will feature two of the leads who have appeared in the show's previous incarnations in Andrew Pollock as Strat and Christina Bennington as Raven. Also in the production will be Bradley Dean, Avance Hoyles, Danielle Steers, Tyreek Wiltes-Jones, and more. We will have the complete. Cast list uh, of the musical in the show notes. Um, James, I was going to ask you what your favorite Jim Steinman song is, which you are welcome to tell me. But I I just I just I'm surprised.
1: For Crying Out Loud. It's uh, it's my favorite Jim Steinman song. Oh, you know, I don't know that. Uh, I Was Lost Until You Were Found. It's on the Bad Out of Hell album. Uh, okay. uh, yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, Jim Steinman writes a lot of really great power ballads. Uh, do you know who Danny Zolli is? I do not. Danny uh, is an actor who um, uh, sort of made a whole career playing Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ Superstar um, okay. for, for many, many years. And his brother, actually, Bob Zolli, also, Danny and Bob would play Jesus and Judas together and things. Just amazing, amazing rock voices. Uh and uh, I, always, I always envisioned uh, Danny doing a lot of the Jim Steinman power ballads. Uh, uh, he's got that really great voice. It just reminded me of it when I was thinking about the uh, Battle of the Hell thing. But yeah, uh, let's see how this does. And is it, I mean, it, out, of, out of London, I don't remember any of the reviews. Is it? bookish is it concert ish is it what do you know what no there's a
0: very there's a very um interesting book um it's an epic story of rebellious youth and passion as the character strat the immortal leader of the lost has fallen in love with raven the beautiful daughter of the tyrannical ruler falco it's i mean romeo time. tale (laughs) as old as time is what it is um but uh yeah it's a big weird Kind of thing, which I guess you'd have to do with Jim Steinman's songs. Um, They're very they're all over the place. But I love me some meatloaf. um, The performer, not as much the food. Um, Paradise by the Dashboard
1: Lights. That's that's mine. But um, we'll see. We will definitely see what happens. The thing about this type of thing, you need a big screen string section, you know, for Jim Steinman. I I hope that they they don't skimp on the orchestra. I hope it's not electronic. I hope they get some real strings in there. All right. What do we have in the recommendation section?
0: OK, well, uh, Michael Paulson over the New York Times put together a fantastic article called Solving the Six Biggest Mysteries of this Broadway season. And actually, James, this is an idea that I told you that I wanted to do as a podcast, um, just that I don't have time to do another podcast. But um, so basically what he did was is these kind of burning questions about the Broadway season. He answered them. He gave you the answers. Things like, is the sidewalk scene and network performed live? Yes, it's really live. Uh, where does Aunt Maggie Faraway uh, go when she's far away? He talks to uh, Finola Flanagan about how she sits there in a daze for a large portion of the ferryman. Um, <laughs> talked about how tall is that guy in Hades Town? He's 6'7". Hmm. Um, uh, what's it like to dance in a wheelchair? Obviously, Ali Stroker in Oklahoma. And how does uh, Santino Fontana sing like a woman uh, in Tootsie? Uh, and then the last one, something that you and I have talked about before, James, is is the debate in what the Constitution means to me scripted or improvised? And apparently it's a little bit of both. So um, great article, lots of information. Um, I still would really like to do a, a podcast version of this someday. Kind of like the show Every Little Thing from Gimlet, but more rather than sciency type stuff, more on a theatrical basis. But um, you know, when they add the the four to six extra hours to the day, that's uh, that's when we'll get to it.
1: <laughs> totally. Yeah, Matt, what's this whole sleeping thing that you do? You could easily I, produce a podcast in there in that time. Yeah. Seriously, 2 2 to 5 a.m. every day, I'll get it. Excellent. All right, what do we have in other news?
0: Okay, we got three quick three quick stories. First up, yesterday the Vineyard Theater announced the initial productions that will be part of their 2019-2020 season. In the fall of this year will be the play Is This a Room? It'll run by uh conceiver and director Tina Satter. It originally had its uh, world premiere in New York. Uh, in January of of this year, actually at the kitchen, then in spring of 2020, Antoinette Nwandu's, uh, Tuvalu or the saddest song will play under the direction of Dania Tamor. In addition, the winter 2020 production and a developmental lab will be announced at a later date. Sticking off Broadway yesterday, MCC announced the appointment of Jocelyn Bio as the theater's burnt umber playwright in residence for a three-year term through the 2022 season. The goal of this new residency is to give a playwright a multi-year home base where they are an integral part of the theater's institutional culture and to provide resources and space to develop new work for production. And finally, we're going to end this one by going out to Broadway in the boroughs as they announce their season of performances from Broadway shows in places other than Manhattan. So it's going to start on Friday, June 14th at Restoration Plaza in Brooklyn, where you will see performances by Hades Town and Mean Girls. Then on Friday, June 28th, just at the intersection of 77th and 37th in Queens, uh, you'll get a performance by Be More Chill in the Prom. Then on July 12th uh, at Co-op City Greenway Section 1 in the Bronx, you'll get performances from Beautiful and Wicked. Then on Friday, July 26th at the Empire Outlets at the St. George Ferry Station on Staten Island, uh, you will see performances from Beetlejuice in Chicago uh, of course for more information on this or any of the stories in today's show please check out the show notes at broadwayradio.com
1: hmm Broadway in the boroughs always a lot of fun alright Matt why don't you get us out of here
0: alright thanks for listening to Today on Broadway follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWWMatt
1: and my name is James Reno from BroadwayRadio.com and BroadwayStars.com. Hey, Matt, how many dots does an ellipsis, ellipsis have in it?
0: It has three. And
1: uh, I saw I saw Seth get a little upset about that today, too. Not four, not two. Not two. No, nothing else but three. Thanks for spending some of your th- Thursday with us. That's and correct. Uh, that's correct. And <laughs> Matt and I will be back and talk with you tomorrow.